0: Then you get exposure at the world ag expo and so this is where we'll uh, recognize the top leaders in innovation in hemp and uh, some really great entries have come in we've got uh, entries from uh, 65 countries and uh, a lot of really really neat uh, neat innovations that are happening around the world so it's great because it's a global challenge and uh, it's it's really neat because it gets a worldwide stage there you've got over a hundred thousand farmers that will participate and the World Ag Expo in Tulare, and that's in uh, in February. That so that'll be the on the eighth through the tenth.
1: I Hemp Michigan is a member-based organization backing hemp farmers, seed cultivators, processors, manufacturers, and hemp businesses statewide. Our members are engaged in defining the path to success of industrial hemp from seed to sale and beyond. We are committed to empowering hemp farmers, fueling industry leaders and educating consumers to ensure hemp flourishes in the Midwest. Our focus is influencing responsible and fair regulation, providing grower education, and enabling full access to the evolving marketplace. IHemp Michigan advocates for wellness in people and the planet through hemp, and it begins with the farmer. Now on to our show.
2: So Dave, I think with that, uh, All right, let's, uh, let's uh, right into the show. Let's go to Montana. Okay, so, or, let's go. John's Man, out there.
1: Yeah, John and I spent some quality time out at uh, Southern Hemp Expo. Got to know John a little bit. And uh, he's he hails from Montana. And, and we brought John in to talk about this uh, Global Hemp Innovation Challenge. Now, John's been an active in the hemp industry for quite a while. Farming, forestry, marketing, sales, textiles family history and mining, farming, forestry. So he's, he consults with both hemp and wool growers. He's got a lot going on. So John, welcome.
0: Yeah, hi, great to be here, guys. Hi, everybody. Good to see okay. you again. Hey,
1: John. Then our other guest is uh, Chuck Vollmer. And Chuck has an interesting uh, program, Jobonomics. So we're gonna uh, dive into that and learn about those initiatives to to get uh, these micro businesses up up and running. So, John, you want to kick things off?
0: Yeah, there's a lot going on here in Montana, and uh, obviously a lot going on all across the nation too. the uh, The cool part about this uh, innovation challenge is that it's a global event that is happening. Uh, the finals will come up here at the World Ag Expo, and the deadline for entries similar to your hippie awards, maybe some of your hippie folks will get involved here, but the uh, will be the Midwest Hemp Expo. So your Expo in Lansing will be the deadline. That's the final time that you can actually enter your, so right after uh, January 22nd will be the last day. So. Uh, through that whole process, then you get exposure at the World Ag Expo. And so this is where we'll uh, recognize the top leaders in innovation in hemp. And uh, some really great entries have come in. We've got uh, entries from uh, 65 countries and uh, a lot of really, really neat uh, neat innovations that are happening around the world. So it's great because it's a global challenge. And uh, it's, it's really neat because it gets a worldwide stage there. You've got over 100,000 farmers that will Participate in the World Ag Expo in Tulare, and that's in uh, in February. That so that'll be the on the eighth through the tenth. So just shortly after there, uh, you'll get a lot of recognition. So companies that make a product or have anything to do with hemp uh, and have an innovation in that area—that's the whole idea—is that you submit those hemp innovations at hempinnovation.space. Dot S-P-A-C-E, not dot com. And uh, from that point on, then we'll review those different entries. Uh, and then uh, take that to the next level where it'll get vetted. And so pretty important information. Just the notoriety of the, you know, getting mentioned in the HIP Innovation Challenge as one of the finalists is a really powerful tool for businesses. So even if you don't win or get in on the cash prizes, the notoriety of being mentioned and uh, getting vetted, you'll get a lot of uh, business review too. So exciting challenge. Go to uh, hipinnovation.space. And uh, we've got some new partnerships, which are really exciting. Um, I'm, I consult in this industry. And so we've got a whole variety of new companies that are coming into this space, because if you could spend a dollar to meet with a farmer, this would be your chance. So like a hundred thousand dollars sponsorship to meet with a hundred thousand farmers. Um, Pretty cheap deal because you could never do it. You could never go out and individually meet with those folks. So it's a unique opportunity for businesses to jump in here. I see some of your sponsors there that, that are really exciting innovations like Neogen's innovation with the testing technology. What a fabulous tool that is and a great innovation just in the last year. I'm sure a lot of your other sponsors there have some great innovations too. So um, you can also check out we've got some pretty cool things we've got my my hemp yeah shirts and the <laughs> you saw the shirts when i was wearing them around the show uh, but it's through the organic marketing association so if you uh go to organic marketing association check that out you can go to organiceatme.com. and at organiceatme.com, we've got all kinds of different hemp shirts and uh whole varieties of different things that you can put on different types of shirts so that's kind of my two plugs there but Anyway, I look forward to hearing more about what Chuck's going on. There's a lot of great things to support there. Well, on the Innovation
1: channel the Challenge, John, what, what kind of prize, besides notoriety, is there a prize for the winner?
0: Yeah, there's cash. There's cash for it. Right. Uh, Chad Rosen, there at Victory Hemp, uh, was the winner last year. It was only a $5,000 prize for the first time. So we're going to blow that out of the water. We anticipate getting some substantial cash prizes for a variety of categories but the cash prize is only a portion of it the notoriety and the global press that you get from it really truly changed the game for chad cool
3: absolutely yeah i, I mean just that it's... global press is worth you know tens of thousands if if not more you know yeah
0: you can't buy it really you can't buy that front of so many press on one trip to Tulare, california it's just an extraordinary event and uh and that's where this all culminates and you get it on a grand stage, a very global stage there to uh, show off your wares.
2: So John, I see there's seven categories we've got listed here. Um, we've got concept, proof of concept, working prototype, scalable product, ready to launch, uh, launch one, well, year one, and profit, no, those are different things, didn't get all of it. So there's must be some other ones. So there's set, what, what are the other three categories?
0: Well, there's a, this is somewhat to be determined based on all groups of uh, innovations that come in. So we'll be able to determine the final categories, but technology is one of them. Uh, food is definitely one medicine uh, building uh, finance. So we're looking for ways that really are changing the whole game here uh, across the board and, virtually every aspect. I'm sure the number of categories will grow as the number of sponsors grow. We've got about eight to nine different sponsors. We hope that if they come in with $100,000 each, boom, we're going to have some really great categories and a lot of really good cash prizes too. If they're smaller, we'll kind of determining that here over the course of the next couple of weeks. But here's the opportunity right now is to contact through Innovation.space, You can just jump on there. There's places that if you're interested in any kind of sponsorship, you can go right in there. There's a page for sponsors to hit.
3: Blaine, it seems like NeoGen would be a perfect one because I know how innovative their testing is and how much money it would save the hemp farmer. What spend a quarter of
2: what you would normally spend, right? Oh, thousands of dollars if your crop goes out. Yeah. I mean, you lose everything. Yeah. yeah. So, that'd being yeah. able to test that, certainly that. And I now, know they're looking. I mean, they're I mean, also
3: I mean, working I mean, on you know, one for the cannabis folks above point three as well. That'll be available sometime next year, I believe, right?
1: Yeah. yeah, that's what they're talking about.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's even more of a savings than that. And we're talking about a four or five hour test for 25 bucks. Can't beat that. And it gives you direct information that's super fast. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of the greatest innovations I've seen that could really, you know, changes the game for the farmer. And uh, if anything that, that lowers the cost for inputs, that's just, this is a big part of it. So hopefully we'll get on past the point three, we'll get up to 1%. I mean, ideally, we'd get on to uh, what the, some of the softest fiber, I mean, the textile side here. The, the softest fiber is up around 5% THC. So um, if we really want to compete with China, we should just go ahead and compete and instead of having some arbitrary number and percentage yeah. of THC. It should be based well, I'm on... Gonna, I'm going to enter China. the
2: beast into this contest, I can tell you that, because we're at that point that we want to now take that to market. So you know, we've been able to prove that it works and we can make product out of it. So. Good. Now we just need the need, needs a little help with the funding to get it out to the to the actual marketing place. So,
0: yeah, I yeah. want to do a little a shout out to to some really good friends there in Michigan at the uh, the World Center for Concrete Technology. I've been supporting research there at the World Center in uh, in Alpena, Michigan, and just an amazing group of people. And nothing like that facility, you know, to have all the concrete programs in America all joined together in one. Uh, two-year program there so i've i've had students i've sent back there on scholarships uh, and the the research that is possible there at your great little uh university your two-year school is just tremendous and i i look forward to continuing my uh, support of the research is is you senior, any work with the hempcrete up there do you know yeah we're just now starting because it's really uh Besser company that kind of runs the place, even though all the big companies, all the whole concrete world it evolves in and around Alpena. Uh, Besser is a, a private company, but they've got in their, their shareholder owned. And so there's been this really tough problem of jumping the gap, you know, of all all hemp is cannabis, you know, but they throw mm-hmm. everything under the bus that everything is cannabis that is uh, bad in some way. And so they've been very reluctant to really get behind a lot of the research. But I think we're going to, we'll twist their arm here between this group right here and the work that we're doing. We'd like to build a whole new wing to their campus, all built out of all the things you can do with him. Not only in Michigan, of course, but all over the world. And this is the place to do the research. This is the place to break the blocks, to test it, to to generate the employees that we're going to hire in the building trades because they will have the experience and they'll have the two-year degree of working with it. I've been supporting research in alternative products like straw, hemp, flax, any number of things that you can add into it, even industrial waste uh, into block production. We've done tailings. I found myself on the cover of the Concrete Producer magazine based there out of uh, uh, Chicago. And I was you know, featured at the uh, World of Concrete in, in uh, Las Vegas for the work with uh, using alternative materials into the block. So, Hemp has got its space. It is coming into block production. It's slow because the industry is slow to adopt it, but it's going to be a a monster, and it's all going to start right there in Alpena, Michigan.
3: John might not be aware of what's going on at uh, Michigan. It's not Michigan Tech, but it's uh, Northern Michigan University. Um, We've discussed that on the show, that big uh, test area that's going on. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, John, are you? Yeah,
0: I am a little bit familiar. You guys reached out to me here a few months back, and I provided some kind of, free consulting on the deal, but I'd love to be involved in some way because I I have a lot of research that I've already completed and and participated in a lot of different types of technologies to basically lock up materials.
3: Yeah, it's really a great remediation because northern Michigan is a big mining central area, has been for a long time, and boy, the soil up there is really messed up. So
0: No, tell me, hey, Michigan, you guys are 50 years ahead of Montana. And uh, <laughs> thank you so much for the lessons. I'll tell you, you've destroyed a big part of the UP. Uh, you've wrecked a big part of your timber industry. And those companies then moved to Montana. <laughs> we, you, you used to have Stimson, and Stimson was your biggest lumber company. And they they got done destroying Michigan, and they went after Montana. And uh, they're over in Oregon now, but they're, they they've closed probably 20-some mills here in Montana. So did the same trick, basically, with shutting all their mills down, just like they did in Michigan 50 years ago. And, and same in mining cleanup too. We've got, I don't know how many hundreds of uh, Superfund sites across Montana. Gorgeous state, beautiful place. It's not all destroyed, don't get me wrong. But there's some major challenges that we face and hemp is gonna be a big part of not only remediation, but also uh, locking in place. It's really, that's it's kind of a broad story, really the remediation side of this whole thing. But that's something I can consult with <laughs> and I work with mining companies. I invented the term green mining. And part of the green mining is using these alternative materials like uh, hemp and then the entire plant. We could take the entire plant and put it into concrete products that would help the mining industry survive.
2: Cool. Yeah, and I see in your, little, uh, in your bio that you sent in, there's one interesting thing. You also led a uh, sponsor for the film on the history of Hemp in America, produced for PBS and other networks. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've seen that film.
0: If you've ever seen like the uh, history of the Lincoln family, Uh uh, the history of bourbon in Kentucky, uh, there's some really classic PBS documentaries that are shot by Kent Masterson Brown. It's uh, a company called uh, Witnessing History out of Kentucky. I mean, he lives with literally hemp buildings across the street from his house. You know, he's just like deeply involved in it. The whole thing started, you know, as a history of hemp in Kentucky. And Dan Eisenstein, the whole thing, he can tell you more, but uh, he got me involved and I just was hooked from the start. I said, I gotta sponsor this film. This is just what's gotta happen. So I was the first lead sponsor of the film. The interesting thing about the film too, is that you've got a, the name of the film is the seed and fiber of wealth. It doesn't say seed anything and about fiber of wealth. There's no, <laughs> there's no mention of CBD or medicine. It's the seed and fiber of wealth and uh so that's really what my focus has been on—is really the the fiber side of this world and trying to bring in things like the wool industry, which is this other miracle fiber that has been on a downward spiral for the last twenty some years. Uh, there's really good opportunities to uh, to grow this industry of textiles, and uh, it's going to take significant investments across the board. But but it's uh but it's interesting that the film is really focused on that—that that the seed and fiber of well. Uh, it's the history of hemp in America. So it's it's broadened to the entire America. So, And part of it, what happened was, is we found out that we had grown hemp in Montana back in uh, 1914 to 1919. We had a military base in Montana and they grew hemp and they made products out of it too. So some of that equipment is probably still around in the little town of Chinook, but uh, it used to be Montana College back in the day. Now it's uh, Montana State University that of course has this amazing fiber lab and. They're, you know, deeply involved in uh, all the aspects of hemp production.
2: Well, then I'll have to try to find that film then, then uh, that documentary and then watch it. How, how long ago was it done, John? Uh, it's in it's
0: still being shot. So this, oh, the cool being, okay, part is, so it's, yeah, it's in production. And so the production side of it, they do reenactments. So they've got students that are doing reenactments of the key scenes and key parts of history, you know, so it's a yeah. big part of the film. It's a big part of how Kent Masterson Brown shoots. Uh, and does these uh, cinematography productions is uh, is reenactments. So he's the voiceover. He's the guy. He's the deep voice that goes on there. But get some of his other documentaries or watch him on. A slower pace, uh, and you can sponsor it. I, Michigan, could be a part of the sponsorship, and it's forever. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll have to. uh, Yeah, we'll have to uh, maybe talk a little
2: bit more about that later on. Then how, how we can maybe be involved in that. Yeah, sure. cool. get
0: Kent on the show. He can tell you from, uh, front front and center.
2: So I see. And I'm going to jump back to the uh, to the Hemp Innovation uh, Challenge here for a minute. But um, now I see that you say that people don't says must I must I be there to win? And this is no. If you're a finalist, we will allow you to make your pitch to the judges via remote interlink, internet link, like Zoom or Google. And that pitch be done then during the um, during the end of the. Um, uh the the, the agricultural hemp expo will it be done at that time frame
0: no it would not live like at the event you know the winners and all that the final hoopla will be at the uh, at the world ag expo the, really? all the other betting will happen in that week from between the midwest ag expo january 22nd that'll be in the deadline and then in over the course of the next week or so then we'll review everything that's come in and kind of break it into categories and see where we're at
2: Okay, but so what? Is, uh, yeah, what I what I meant to say was then will will that be done then during the World Ag Expo? Is one people. No, we'll, we'll do
0: that in the week prior, probably the just week prior. Week prior to it. Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll want to have everything that We're trying to vet through that whole thing. I've, I'm not one of the judges, uh, but I don't think I'm going to be one of the judges anyway. We've got five judges that are listed out there on our website, and th- once they review everything, they'll be going through the review process.
2: So I just want to make a point. You don't have to be able, you don't have to attend in order to be able to to put a, a, a application in and be able to, to participate. That's good.
0: Yeah. And I think you would want to, if you can possibly get in there, if you're going to be one of the finalists, uh, sure. you should plan to be in Tulare or get out there and you stay in Fresno if you're coming in late. You know, But it's it would be worth being there because there's no other way to garner uh, the, the world press. They're standing in front of you and you can't do that through Zoom. It just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, we know right. this is well, where
2: the magic right. happens. When people get together, either at Expos or things like this, this is where that's where the magic happens. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely.
1: absolutely. All right. Well, Chuck been patiently waiting. Let's uh let's hear from oh, Chuck. A little bit I Going to learn about this jobonomics. And he's got some initiative with veterans that he's involved with. So, how you doing, Chuck? Thanks for patiently waiting.
4: I'm sitting here and enjoying. it. Listen to John. I mean, I'm getting an education here. Oh, I mean, yeah. Plus I love Montana, you know. Uh, so, uh, hope everything's well out there i'm in the dc area forgive me i'm in fantasy land so
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, call that high. High. I call that Disneyland yeah. east there that's for sure yeah, huh? yeah. Well, i'm going to give a little background for chuck here uh chuck is the author and the founder of job job jobonomics uh which detail with deals with mass producing startup businesses and job enterprising veterans minorities women youth and other hopefuls in the underserved communities uh the, The Job Economics National Grassroots Movement reached estimated 30 million people via lectures, the Job Economics website, and the Job Economics America TV show. Uh, Mr. Vollmer served, and he has a whole list here, so I can't read it all, but Mr. Vollmer served 10 years on active duty in the U.S. Air Force and 13 years with the Air National Guard. He accumulated over 3,000 hours in various fighter aircraft, for 175 combat missions in Southeast Asia, and received six Distinguished Flying Crosses and eleven Air Medals. So um, well, that's pretty impressive on
4: itself, right there, for sure. Yeah,
0: thank you, Chuck. Thank yes. you. People
4: ask me what I fly now. I say, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well,
2: I'm a I'm a private pilot, so I, I enjoy that uh, that uh, that community with you for sure on that. So. So yeah, so Chuck, uh, give us a little bit about what it's all about and what you're doing there.
4: Yeah, I, yeah it's uh, I said I started this in uh, about 2008, so uh, and it's it's a grassroots movement, and uh, it's not a for profit or nonprofit. I, I don't charge for my services. It's surprising how it's caught on. Uh, we've got about 50 chapters in uh, four continents, and uh, uh, about 90 percent of them in the United States. Like I said we. Uh, I started with about 30 meetings in Congress and uh, I got nowhere on the left or the right. They really didn't care about a small business approach to economic development. And uh, so we met with the governors and the mayors. but now we're working with more of the local communities. And that's where these chapters are all about. Uh, We have, uh, I've written about 15 books on economic community and uh, workforce development, which is amazing for a guy that talks with his hands, the fighter pilot, you know, Um, the, uh, I spent a lot of time in Wall Street, so uh, the uh, I know how the financing side of this thing work. I've got a TV show. We uh, we use a PEG Media Network. Uh, and my executive producer uh, has got a TV Green Planet show called Emerald Planet. Uh, he he's done three thousand shows, and his annual viewing audience is like uh, uh, seventy million people in China, for example, a week so that's something that we could offer to you uh, iHemp you know if you wanted to, to get that out but uh, to cut to the bottom line is that we have about a uh, you know, we go work with these communities and i say you know in uh, uh the two, in the united states about two-thirds of my communities are african-american because we serve underserved and under-resourced communities they're the most and, and they're tired and they said look we need something different you know nothing's working and so we showed them how to mass produce micro businesses and jobs. And, uh, and so we have about a dozen turnkey programs. And one of them is circular agriculture economy. And what that means is we start off with, uh, with soil remediation, those type of things. Uh, we move on to the education and training, uh, the production, the logistics, and then finally the consumption and the marketing and, and, and this stuff. So we, on each of those areas, let's start off with soil remediation. Where one of our major programs is, is called Terra Hiocs. It originated out of Colombia, and uh, for example, uh, uh, we are working with. Uh, I could show you some pictures here, but maybe they'll just for the next show if, if there's interest. Uh, they're doubling the growth of cannabis uh, and, and production uh, in, uh, in 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 Colombia. Uh, we're also working with the panella farmers, and uh, and the panella is ancient cane. It's the raw sugar cane. It's the brown sugar cane. So I mean, they're very similar. The the the, you know, the cannabis and the uh, and and uh, and the, the panella, and we were approached uh, by the Colombians uh, in Peace Organization and especially with the Panella farmers and what they are interested in is how do you mass produce micro businesses for these subsistence farmers? Now we have an analogous thing here in the United States in, in the rural farms, especially the black farmers, you know, and I've met about a dozen times the black farmers, especially down South, they're trying to get in its hemp and they're having difficulty. Uh, so, uh, and, uh, but they tend to look at more of the, the crop growing rather than the industrial health application, the CBD and, and, you know, because of the sports. But back to the Pinella farmers, is the uh, these guys are subsistence farmers and they're very dirt poor. And so they're having a hard time getting, keeping the kids on the farm. And so the kids go down to Bogota, go in the slums, or they go work for the FARC militia, carry a gun, or they work for the for the for drug runners. Mm. So we're showing them how to. you can increase, you know, the circuit. circuitry. We first of all help uh, help grow these things in in an organic way, and you can't grow organic cops in in. in uh, in uh, in chemically treated fields and so you, you do the soil remediation okay and you also you you add the things in so so we're trying to get the uh, the farmers up and then we're also trying to sort these mini digital academies to get the kids to stay on the farms and connect them to the internet so they can do e-commerce and and uh content development and, and those types of things you're trying to use their interest in social media even though they're dirt poor they all have cell phones and, uh, and, and stuff so uh shifting gears one of our most active uh things is in alberta and matter of fact i've got a conversation this afternoon with a bunch of alberta uh, uh in calgary to create micro farms i can show you a picture of a hemp micro farm to grow hemp seedlings uh in uh, in uh, in alberta of the 10 uh publicly traded cannabis companies in the world five of them are located in alberta as uh, Aurora Sun up in, El- in Edmonton, it's got two million square feet under roof by the airport in Edmonton growing, growing marijuana, uh, you know, or hemp and all cannabis, crop, you know, uh, marijuana, hemp, you know, the whole nine yards. Uh, but the trick in there, especially in the indoor approach, is to grow, the, grow high quality seedlings in an organic way. And so that you can you can you can do that. And that, that's not the industrial side. That's the that's that's the production side. Uh, but we also uh, in the United States is that uh, we we work with well, you not know, only the you know the black community which is underserved, but the vets. And uh, me being a vet, did, you know that's particularly close to my heart. Uh, vets have tremendous amount of borrowing power, and uh, that they don't know about. Only twelve percent of all the vets. You know we have eighteen million vets in this country. Yeah, you know, for example, not only you get home loans, you know, which everybody kind of tends to know, but they the, the small business advantage program with the VA and the small business association, they get five million dollar microloans, Okay, five million dollars to start up uh, businesses, and uh, you get low or no down payment if you're ten percent able disabled. And most most Iraqi vets and stuff like that are disabled because they got harder hearing or something. Uh, and so no down payment, uh, no uh, uh, no interest, uh, uh, low interest, uh, no down payment, uh, think five million. <laughs> uh, and so what we do with the vets, and let's and I'll, I'll I'll try to wrap it up so you can ask some more questions. Is we work with communities to build these communities of purpose or communities of interest. So for example, uh, we designed a twelve hundred acre uh, 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 controlled environment. Uh, complex up in uh, Rosebud, California. We can show you the architecture things. And uh, they would do about 2.6 million you know, un, in square under, under roof. Now that was gonna do more of the vegetables, the seedlings or those types of things, the high value crops. But we also had about, you know, a thousand acres start so outgrowing, outdoor growing, and they were looking at hemp, okay? And then we built the community centers and the accommodations. Now what these vets need when they get out or the thing is they need two things they need they need a nice place to live and accommodations and and they need a, a job and rather than a job we end up creating these micro businesses for them which is a, a job in a particular area and this is this is an agricultural community that doing all the circular agriculture types thinking now on the, on the, on the accommodation side, for example, you in Michigan or you in Montana, you want to take a, you know, 500 acres and 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 build, you know, a, an high hemp village or industrial thing in there and attract kind of guys that have borrowing power and they've got some good skills. The, the vets can also borrow up to about a million bucks to build these fourplexes. And, you know, that's 200 fourplex divided into a million is about 250. So they're then it, $250,000, they can get something smaller. But we've got alliances with a number of the, the home builders and stuff like that. So if I get a hundred vets and they could all borrow a million dollars and that's not a big deal for a lot of these veteran owned business, I got a hundred million dollar development fund. Okay, so you you build the accommodations and in the accommodations, each of these are gonna be all 5G capable. So not only does a vet, you know, gonna have a job, he's gonna be a landowner, okay, and he can rent the other three out. Plus, each of these units are going to have, uh, you know, Internet capabilities. So we're going to train and certify the spouse and the kids into, into e-commerce and those kind of things. So now we create these family limited partnerships. Let's a little, you know, esoteric here, but let me get so there. They own and they got to they got to think and they and, and then then they can go out and compete for not only the, the startup funding in the VA back, but the opportunity zone funding and all this money that is out there now that the Democrats and you know and you know are printing, you know, and, and it's just not the Democrats. It started off with President you know Trump and COVID. But if you add the COVID and the American Rescue Plan and the Infrastructure Plan and this new reconciliation bill, it equals eighteen trillion dollars. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and we have this thing called social determinants of health program that takes a look at all the things that, yeah, everything from all our programs are involved with that. It, it, and of that 18 trillion, nine is unspent. Hmm. Okay. And 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 if you say if, if for this this kind of community that we we're just talking about, this hemp village you know, the things that, for under resource, let's say only a trillion dollars of the nine trillion that's unspent is allocated. That means each one of your congressmen and in Montana or in, in Michigan can get up to about $2.3 billion, you know, if they divide 435 congressmen into, you know, $1 trillion. I mean, we're talking big money mm-hmm. and they're trying, they're, they're trying to get this thing under, um, you know, you know, allocated because they don't want the change of the, uh, the, uh, of the, the administration or the change of flipping the Congress, you know, next year they're trying to get this stuff allocated.
0: trillion. Just the COVID funding is its just an amazing amount of money.
4: And, but what they need is some kind of big deal, you a pro, know, a pro program. And that's what we're working with a number in, in Buffalo, New York, and in Oslo County, Jacksonville, North Carolina. We're working with these, these uh, uh, county and the city uh, uh, economic developments, and they're getting their, uh, their Congress people, and uh, to get, you know, get some earmarks. You know, earmarks is not a political correct word, but, you know, get, you know, get some things in there. So if I had to get off the stage now, which I will, if, if I was a high hemp group, you know, and uh, I would put together, you know, I'd rather than look at a and I singles. It's a unique time in history. I'd go for a great Brian Slam, go for a $200, $300 million kind of program that, you know, takes a large chunk out of Montana or Michigan or wherever you're going to do it. You know, put together a, a complete package. You know, from the from the remediation to the growing to the education to the training to all the industrial products. You know, and, and uh, we can get you onto all the uh, all the uh, the uh, the uh, the e-commerce sites and how you do that. And it's just it's just amazing how uh, that uh, that rural communities are no longer at a disadvantage in the global market. So I'm sorry for that. For that other tutorial.
3: What you've just actually outlined is the long term plans of the HERO project. Uh, what we hope to do is exactly what you just described once this thing gets up and running over the next couple of years. So maybe there's an opportunity here for us to work with IHAMP and you and, and John and uh, see if we can actually get that moving forward. Hopefully, well, I don't know what's gonna happen in the elections for a year from now, but right now the money's available, so go for it, right?
4: Yeah, well, even without the, the, the you know, this magic, you know, fairy dust thrown out there of the trillions of dollars and uh, the uh, the VA funding still is there. You know, we we, we have a group we're, we're associated with Heroes Homes that specializes in crowdfunding. Uh, veterans, you go back to the the, the hundred vets. You know, uh, you know, uh, one million apiece, uh, and uh, and a hundred million dollar development fund. That's that that's already in. That's already done. Huh. And, well, uh, and,
2: John, you know, so how do people, if they want to go down this road and and look at this and look at the funding and possibility for it, how do they start? Where do they go? Uh, that's,
4: Blaine, that's, no, that's, chocolate that's, chocolate. that's That's a pretty straightforward question is that what we do is we go in and we work with like this we start a, a grassroots movement I got we got four guys on the screen plus me right now that's where it mm-hmm. starts okay and plus you got media outlets and all the rest of stuff and so we we take an area you know pick a place you know uh you know, and usually it's better to do it in, a, in a more of a, a, a brownfield or a uh, rural development because it's usually you know the urban areas are tougher you know because of bureaucracies. Uh, you build a coalition. And you go coalition. You got in a coalition is you got your political leaders, which I try to keep at a minimum because they <laughs> they they're good yeah, yeah. At, at supplementing but not leading. Okay, they're there for the ribbon cutting ceremony. But, you know, in today's situation, but then we need, you know, the the local leaders, the business guys, and then we need the banking kind of guys, because some of them are the set. You got to get some skin in the game and then you got to get the, the the developers, you know, the real estate developers. And they're the ones that are really the, uh, the kingpins, because now when you start talking about a mixed use community, there's ears perk up. You know, and, uh, oh, you know, I can build, you know, homes and I can build shopping centers and I can build convenience stores. And by the way, we're associated with sprung Structures. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen sprung Structures or anything. Yet. Elon, yeah, Elon Musk just and built this third assembly line out of this thing. This amazing stuff. Uh, Jeff Bios just built its headquarters, of Blue Horizon. I deal directly with the CEO. We we can get a hundred thousand square foot, you know, indoor agriculture thing up in 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 four months, and up and up in operation. and operational. Uh, and and we've got all those plans. We get these micro, uh, these ten thousand square foot uh, half growing for controlled environment agriculture, and the other half for retail or whatever convenience stores that people are, the small ones. We can get it up for forty-seven dollars square foot, the structure alone, and we can get it up in you know in a month or two, and uh, it's it's really quite innovative. So when we're going into these communities, uh, you know, it's not like it's going to be five years and you know all the rest of the stuff. We're talking about turnkey within a year. I mean, operation.
3: I'm uh, working with the group. Uh, that's trying to develop a 5 million square foot indoor grow at the Fort Custer area in Battle Creek uh, that would be aimed at cannabis and hemp. Uh, Now, that would just be a grow. It wouldn't be that mixed-use development you're talking about because it would be an industrial park. But again, uh, there's lots of things we can talk about after the show is over.
4: Yeah, I could show you a picture right now of of an 8-acre indoor grow. The starting well, that should
3: be a hundred acres.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Again, you know, the, uh but the nice thing about if you, what they did in sun, Aurora sun up in Edmonton, they did this whole glass structure, you know, the stuff, uh, using this, uh, this these, and I'm not advertising sprung, the strung that we're talking about is you can repurpose it. Okay, it's 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 kind of portable and it's a clear span structure and it's very useful. If it doesn't and expandable. So you start off with eight acres and you start growing, and you just keep kind of adding, you know, Lego blocks on this thing and uh and and grow to whatever it is. And then when you when you're starting to contract, then you can take these things down. They took this eight acre greenhouse and it was one acre under roof eight eight of these units. And uh, for some reason that you did what making the kind of money it was. And so they transported from Alberta to Newfoundland. Okay. And it's operational in in uh, North of the Arctic circle in Newfoundland hmm. and uh, growing, growing stuff. And uh, I'm not sure what I can show you pictures of it. But it's really, really kind of phenomenal.
0: There are a lot of innovative <laughs> things out there. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Chuck, we need your help out here. I mean, obviously in Montana, we've got a short, we just have one chance to grow. We need to have food production throughout the year. We have the highest percentage of veterans of any state guys get done with the head banging, whatever. They want to go to Montana. They come out yeah,
4: here. Well, no, I, I love Montana. Last time I was out there, I was working with uh, Cedric Black Eagle, the uh, chairman of the Crow Indian nation. Fantastic. And, and uh, they, they got a tall order. I mean, they, they, I mean, it's a beautiful reservation, it's gorgeous, but uh, the, the, uh, the drug dependency rate is north of 50% and stuff. It's tough. It's tough to do, you know, and, uh, but, uh, Montana, you know, yeah, I won't charge
0: anything. You paid my way out there. I'll come out. And I'll work with you guys. I'll Wonderful. You a- I yeah. look forward to working with you. We need your help and all those programs would be really a, a great advantage. We have more than a hundred thousand veterans here in the state of Montana. So I'm sure a lot of them are missing out. Oh, yeah. Veterans are
4: sweet because you can know what their MOS is or their military occupational service and stuff like that. And, and especially there's 200,000 vets that get out every year. And uh, and uh, so to be able to track those guys. Now you got the veterans that are been out for a while. You know, a lot of them have substance abuse problems, PTSD. And I had PTSD. I mean, you know, 175 combat missions. I shot a lot of people, you know, that, that kind of s- screws up your, you know, your gyros, uh, uh, uh I'm, I'm I'm normal now, I think. <laughs>
3: well, one of the things that we looked at, too, a part of the Hero Project is the benefit of getting veterans in the agricultural community is being around the plants, being in that agricultural setting seems to calm them down a lot and, and minimize or can't really eliminate, but minimize the PTSD and some other Mental health issues that they're having. So this is a really great project.
4: Yeah, they, uh, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, especially in the inner cities, we use, for example, the black communities that are really depressed. We use black veterans. You know, a sergeant has got a, a retirement income about fifty, sixty thousand dollars, depending on what it is and, he, and, and most of these underserved communities, the household income is only fifteen thousand. So I mean. And, and plus, these are kickass kind of guys. Uh, you know, they, they're able to take uh, wayward youth, criminals, gang members and turn them into fully functioning sailors, soldiers and Marines within six months. And so having that that that, that talent and, you know, and having the uh, retirement income and then having the borrowing capability, these guys can come in and do that. And plus, mm. they're all really interested in especially the, vet, the combat vets. You know, you know, i combat. I mean, there's a difference between a non combat vet and, and, you know, and, 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 and to, I mean, anybody that's got P, the PTSD and a non PTSD. And, um, because it, you know, combat sets your default down into the, into the, into the dark area. And, you know, you just never get rid of it. It's always there. And, uh, and, and so, the camaraderie and the mission, and 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 having the older vets teach the younger vets, you know, and helping hands with vets, and you know, you can have mild PTSD for your whole life, but you know, you don't have to. PTSD doesn't mean you're a wacko, you know. It means just means that you're, you know, you're subject to depression and you're subject to you know, you know, those types of things. So the like, you know, or 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 more prone to alcohol abuse, uh, you know, those types of things, but. That's what this 1,200 square acres, this community, we designed specifically for vets, you know, in uh, in California. Now, I never went. We had everything and money and everything. And what happened is the uh, governor uh, wouldn't, for some reason, they wouldn't give us the, the thing because of the water shortage on the Colorado River. And we tried to argue the indoor agriculture was you know used ninety percent less water, but they said, "Well, you're still going to do a thousand acres of outdoor stuff," and so we weren't able to get uh, the permit. Get the at the very last minute, but it's all there and uh, the architectural drawings, everything that we could just pour it over to you, and you could you could take a look at it, and and the business plans are all written, mm-hmm. and all you got to do is take out you know vegetables and put in hemp, you know, or whatever. And by the way, the most profitable, other than you know, uh, CBD type of things, uh, uh, indoor agricultural product is wasabi now. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> wasabi. The, uh, the the Japanese hot They, I mean, you know, the uh, return on investment. That's just through the roof. Now, that, I mean, that's a limited market, but.
3: Don't uh, so like it hot, right? So. Yeah, uh, like you know. it hot. Okay, I'll, I'll it shut
4: up. But if I get your. Uh, email addresses. I'd be happy to send you some of this stuff. Uh, you know, I don't have John's or, or I don't have anybody actually. Uh, uh, no, Kate you have it all yeah, Kate's, Kate's got all that. Kate, Kate O'Hara. So yeah, she'll take care of us. Yeah.
3: yeah it sounds wonderful. Uh, just got to find uh, a, a location here in Michigan. Uh, and that's where we rely on Blaine and Dave uh, with some of their connections there. But, uh, I've got the banking connections. I've got all sorts of media connections. I mean, we could pull this together fairly quickly, I think.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I used to have an office up in, uh, in yeah, north of Detroit uh, in, uh, in, uh, in Warren, Michigan. And uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with it too. With and,
3: and water is no issue in michigan boy we've gotten so much rain <laughs> yeah. you know so yeah. we got plenty of water you know
4: as long, so. as, you're, as, long as you're not in Flint, right yeah, yeah.
2: yeah.
4: it's just
1: heavy that's all <laughs>
2: well john uh let's we'll go back to you for just for a second so john uh what's the best way to people to uh get the information and be able to make their application for uh the hemp economic the hemp challenge hemp the hemp challenge,
0: challenge is go to hempinnovation.space that's the best thing there's tons of information there to order shirts and custom shirts they go to organiceatme.com and uh, organic eatme the innovation bring the innovations <laughs> out bring all your innovations to hemp get everything together anybody that's going to be in the hempy awards we'd like them to apply for it too maybe I can even make it back for the Midwest Hemp Expo mm-hmm. That'd be great. Yeah.
2: Right, sure. uh, so we, we caught the first one with the t shirts you said we're wearing Hemp or Organic something.
0: Yeah. Or, organic eatme. Organic eat yeah. yeah. eatme.com. And there's tons show. of What's different designs. You can get them for wheat. You can get them. Some are a little racy. Others are, are really just good tongue in cheek type funny things.
1: hmm. Check it out.
0: But it's, it's all in support of organic agriculture. The key was is to really grow the organic marketing for the industry, grow it in a positive way versus just kind of making everybody the the poisoners that are the non-organic side. And so working together, basically just trying to grow a better crop and do it organically and really promote it. And so this promotes all the organic brands is through the Organic Eat Meat the Organic Marketing Association. So I started that a few, about four years ago. And so it's been really important. I've been supporting Montana organic farms, we have about 315 here, but it's only still about 1% of our total group of farms. But um, we've got a lot of space out here, a lot of room to grow hemp, and a lot of people are doing some really great things here. great companies in Montana that are really pushing the Mm -hmm. hemp product forward. So look forward to being a part of um, the next steps here, both for our veterans, gosh sakes, there's some great opportunities there. And I think we can start to make our building products in a more sustainable way, so that it makes a more complete community.
2: We've got a building project we're working on here for a for a gal that uh, has very, very severe allergic reactions to most of the chemicals that are used in buildings. So we're mm. trying to walk down the road of building a, a hemp house as, as much as we can out of hemp. So uh, that'll be exciting as we move forward on that. So yeah, And Chuck, one more time, uh, the best way to get a hold of you and to get a hold of the information on this
4: is how? Yeah, the... Uh website you can see in the back there is jobonomics.com. and uh go to the library i've got uh, probably uh, you know i got i got 100 reports and all the city and state initiatives and stuff like that but um uh, and uh and you can email me at at jobanomics.com and uh and uh, be happy to to work with uh, to build coalitions you know for example uh i talked about this 1200 acre why don't we do that all out of hemp industrial products yes you know and uh you know you know a veteran whole you know thing industrial products you know go for government underwriting you know to you, because of the, the construction costs a little higher than other things but they can underwrite it to get to get uh, to get the hemp products you know going and uh, I mean, we were, the government underwrites everything else, you know, from homes to college educations, everything else, and uh, and uh, so that might be a very interesting play of for, for you know building a whole community uh, from industrial hemp activities for and uh, by industrial hemp and for industrial hemp production.
2: So that's Steve hmm. at Jobeconomics dot com, right?
4: Yeah, leave the heck out of it. It's just Jobeconomics
2: jobonomics. Okay. No heck. Okay, super. Well, thanks guys. We appreciate you taking time out of your uh, busy schedules to inform everybody and let everybody know what's going on there. Uh, we hope to have a lot of people uh, enter this hemp innovation challenge. Certainly, I know there'll be a couple from Michigan for sure coming in and uh, they will be able to get a few more to get in, involved in that. So uh, anything before we get into uh, the last part of the show? No, i got about the recipe uh, who, queued up. Next show next week? Dave, I think you're on mute. No, you just, I heard him. Oh, did you? Okay.
1: I, I've got your recipe queued up, Blaine.
2: Sweet. Thank you very much. So, just a couple things before we get into that. Um, we, uh, here we go, my notes here. So, uh, coming up uh, in December, first part of December, is a uh, Hemp at the crossroads. That's uh, in, in, near Indianapolis. Uh, so uh, be a good time to meet down there and again folks this is where the magic happens Uh, we can do all this kind of stuff we can do all the virtual stuff but that face to face contact talking and uh, finding out what other people are doing is where that magic happens so that's uh, one of the first ones coming up for there and then of course the expo in Lansing that we're going to have going to be the 21st and 22nd and then the day before Will be how to be able to use the US Hemp Authority certification. How to get uh, how to go down that steps to do that. And actually, it's third any third party, this will be a good, a good um, uh, training for that situation. That's on the twentieth. Uh, Four hundred dollars will be the cost for that. If you're an iHemp member, you're going to be able to get it for three hundred. So membership has its benefits, and that's just one of them there. So. Uh, and again uh, if you're doing anything any hemp related stuff uh, where you can enter into the hempies contest uh, We're going to add a new category onto that Dave. We were talking about it last night We're going to add building materials in there, but I'll talk with you a little bit about that so because we really don't have that Category you want to be able to get that hemp putter in there somehow, so there we go. We want to do that, so all right uh, so with that we are going to Really the best part of the show is coming up here. So, yeah, this is the good part of the show. And if I can find my find my
4: hat. I'm going to have to log off. So uh, thanks for having me on here. And uh, looking forward to work with
0: you guys. All uh, right. Absolutely. Thanks, yeah, thank you, Chuck.
4: Thanks, Chuck.
2: Where's my new hat? There it is. I don't have all my props today. Uh-oh. What is that up on top of the trigger? Oh, there it is. See, I need Becky here to help me keep my keep things. There we go. Here we go. There we go. Yeah. yeah, this is a good one. Yep. Yeah. So today's recipe is pumpkin spice hemp heart oatmeal. Mm. I don't even know why they call it oatmeal because really it's just, it's hemp hearts is what it really is. So it's a wonderful, yummy, yummy meal. Uh, and this is, we ought to give credit where credit's due. This is by Flav City with Bobby Parrish. Uh, this is a low-carb. Oatmeal recipe using ingredients dense and keo approved hemp hearts cooked in coconut milk with pumpkin spices. Good thing for this time of year. A little cold out there today. This would be a great uh, pick me up and a great uh, energy one for the morning. So, really a simple situation here. Uh, you know I like simple things. Um, the hemp hearts, some water, almond milk, uh, salt, cinnamon, uh, cloves, nutmeg, ginger, allspice. Two tablespoons of monk fruit sweetener and uh, a t- two tablespoons of full-fat coconut milk or cream, and then you uh, just uh, you add the milk and the water to a small pot and kind of cook all that up for about 35 minutes. You slow cook it for 35 minutes, stirring often, and you check for the seasoning after about five minutes. And some people say you might want to uh, add a little more monk fruit or pumpkin spices to it. So enjoy it. You know, put whatever your spices, how you like it, in there and uh, yeah so 575 calories so it's not too bad there Um so it sounds like a very great uh, a great good morning uh, pick me up on these cold mornings so pumpkin spice right. hemp heart oatmeal you can find all of those on the hemp recipes on the upper right hand corner there uh, is where we have hemp recipes and we've got all of them in there so a lot nice, of man? great ones if you're ever looking at something to to, uh, and uh, you've got a lot of great recipes there so I want to thank everybody for joining us today, uh, next week is uh, the 28th, uh, it's going to be a really good talk with Andrew Bisch. Uh we're going to talk about all the innovations that are coming with uh, harvesting equipment and processing equipment and what they've been able to do for the industry, a lot of great products and the machines they've been able to put out, so I want to thank everybody, anything for the last before we close off, guys? Nope. Alright. Right, well, That's Thanks again, guys. John. There yeah, we go. That's <laughs> right. Organic eat me. Hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to go there and look at those shirts. Yeah, yeah we'll you can order those up. They're right. organic cotton right now, but we want to get organic hemp in there as soon as we can.
2: All right, Excellent. well, we'll work
1: on that. Keep up awesome. the great work, John. Great. All thanks, right. guys.
0: Look forward see to you all next week. week. Soon. All right. Okay.
1: Thank you for listening to the IHemp Michigan podcast. Have a question, comment, or suggestion, email dave at ihempmichigan.com.